show on this Rumination Tuesday, June the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2122. I'm sorry, 2022. I'm looking too far ahead. I'm Tom Baker with me. We're going to be talking about with Mark Smith, the hymn, Come Follow Me, The Savior Spake. It is written by Johann Scheffler. The reason I mention that name is because the translator is Charles Schaeffer. But Johann died in 1677. Schaeffer died in 1896. So they are not related, even though their names sound similar. Johann Scheffler, uh, the author, also was called Angelus Silesius. He actually began writing poetry during his teens. And he was called Angelus because when he joined the Roman Catholic Church in 1653, his confirmation name he chose was Angelus. But to avoid confusion with another Johann Angelus, he appended Silesius or the Silesian, someone from Silesius to his name. The translation, therefore, by Charles Schaeffer is what we basically follow in our hymnal. And this also is the hymn of the day for Proper 8 and Trinity 5. It highlights the Christian's everyday walk with Christ. And the hymn serves well during the weeks after the Epiphany when the gospel includes calling of the disciples. So, Pastor Mark Smith, how often have you used this hymn? Oh, a lot of times. Really? A lot of times, yeah. This is, a, this is an old, familiar hymn. I remember singing it from the Lutheran hymnal. But you know what's interesting? I may be getting a little bit, head, bit ahead of myself. They changed the last line, and I think for the better. Uh, in the old Lutheran hymnal, it used to be, For who bears not the battle strain? Let's see. Yeah, for who bears not the battle strain, the crown of life shall not obtain. Well, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of rough. So negative. Changed it. Yeah, I think it's better the way they say it. For those who bear the battle strain, the crown of heavenly life obtain. Yes. In fact, they say that that fifth verse. We're not really sure who wrote that one. Um, or is it the fourth verse? Yes, the fourth verse, they're not sure who they wrote, who wrote it. But at any rate, he wrote 1 to 3 and verse 5 with yeah. that change in it. So, yeah, I've, got some sh I've got some Schaefers in my background. My, uh, my mother was a Schaefer. It means, you know what it means? It means shepherd in German. Schaefer is shepherd. But that's the... Translator. Com yeah, the translator. Right. The guy, the guy who wrote it is Scheffler. 
Right. I don't think that means shepherd. No, I don't know what that means. No, okay. So, 1896, boy, that was not that long ago. No, uh -uh. but this is a familiar hymn. I've used it a lot. I hardly ever used it. Really? Yes. Do you know why? Well, let's no, read I the can't. first verse, and you'll figure that out. Well, let's see. Okay, I'll Go read it. Go ahead with verse 1. Come follow me, the Savior spake, all in my way abiding. Deny yourselves the world forsake. Obey my call and guiding. O oh, bear the cross, whate'er betide. Take my example for your guide. Yes, I know right away why you why you didn't pick that hymn very much. You okay. used to say, Tom. You you used to say, and uh, it it sounds like a strange statement, but you used to say, Christ is a terrible example to follow. And I know what you mean by that. What do I mean? You mean he's a difficult example to follow. If, in fact, impossible to follow. There's no way we can follow Christ's example, uh, really. He, he's done it all for us. There's no way we could, uh, there's no way really we could uh, keep his example. But why is to him all about following his example then? Well, because... Uh, uh, you know, I, I I would temper that. I would say we, you know, he is he is still a good example for us to follow, even though you know we do a miserable job of uh, of keeping his example. He is wh whatever we do, it's it's done in Christ. If if we we can't take any credit for what we do for our good works, we can't take any credit uh, on our own. It's all in him. Well, you're getting closer to what I meant by not following the example of Jesus Christ. Okay, why how don't you does, quickly explain it? <laughs> how does every religion in the world outside of Christianity believe that you're saved? By good works. Yes. And so every time I heard the example, I got the understanding that people mean, well, if I follow the example of Jesus, then I will be saved. And it was a way of salvation. That's why I was against it. But we now understand from a law gospel point of view, just take a look at Solomon's book on parables. And what do we learn? We learn that God has definite ways which we are to obey according to the way that he has created this universe. And when we obey him properly, then guess what? We are doing fruits of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I really believe this text is best understood and it's not even mentioned in the readings or at the bottom of the page by Galatians. Remember, for freedom, Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm, therefore. And if you remember last week's reading, what are we free from? We're free from having the law as our guardian to keep us in shape. That's what we're free from. And so when people say, oh, I'm going to heaven because I follow the example of Jesus, that is wrong. That's right. Even though when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the purpose of that is to follow the example of Jesus, but not in order to save you, but in order to give thanks to God that you are already saved. Thank offerings. That's right. It's the motivation. It's the motivation to to obey his commandments and 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 to follow his example, right? We can't do that apart from faith. In fact, what is the uh, topic at the top of this hymn? It's um, sanctification. Yes, sanctification, not justification. Right. And so that's what gets me really questioning people who talk about following the example of Jesus. They may do that outwardly, but until you have faith, it's impossible to do it properly. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Exactly. And so now you understand why I hesitated to use this hymn. I will use it, in fact, this Sunday I will, because it's a perfect hymn for Galatians 5. Because once you're called to freedom, brothers, Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Right. But through love, serve one another. And this is the section where he gives all the works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, etc. But he also gives, in verse 22... The opposite, which are referred to as fruit of the Spirit. Spirit, right. Fruit of the Spirit. That's what good works are. peace, patience, kindness. And that's really what God considers to be a good work. So, I'll begin my sermon. Do you follow the example of Jesus enough to get to heaven? No, 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 we don't. So no, he's already go, he's already brought me there. Yes, but then see that's confusing, confusing to people when they yes. sing this hymn. Mm-hmm. Take my example for your guide, and so it's really a law and gospel distinction between justification and sanctification, and what God desires to you for you to do under the Spirit. In fact, um, the book of parables by Solomon, Come follow me, the Savior spake, all in my way abiding. You're you're talking about the book of Proverbs, right, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. The book of Proverbs. Okay. What did I say? Parables? You said parables. Yeah, sometimes I say judges. It's just named wrong. (laughs) 
No, the book of Proverbs, no doubt about it. The whole book, especially beginning with chapter 8, is Jesus telling us the way that we will abide in him and deny yourself the world forsake, obey my call and guiding. And that's definitely done for the Christian. So that's why I hesitated to use this verse because I wasn't really understanding that the life of sanctification is after you have been totally justified. It's not a way of justification. It's a way of thankfulness. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that superscription above at the top of the page, sanctification, I think that's important uh, to draw people's attention to. Uh, when you use this hymn, I think that's a good point to make. Yes. Yes. And, and that's why I was surprised that even though it's for this particular Sunday, this Sunday is the Galatians 5 reading, and it's not mentioned at the bottom at all. Hmm. But on to stanza two, please. Okay. I am the light. I light the way. A godly life displaying. I bid you walk as in the day. I keep your feet from straying. I am the way, and well I show how you must sojourn here below. Now, that's exactly what Solomon is writing in, in his book on Proverbs. Namely, Jesus is the light. He lights the way. But only a person of faith can understand that. Right, uh, that's right. In fact, one of the points that really became clear to me, you know, you have a lot of Christians who dislike confessing their sins. It embarrasses them, and they don't want other people to know they're such a sinner. If you ask most Christians, are you going to heaven? Well, I don't sin as much as my neighbor, or something like <laughs> that, they'll say. But the point of what Solomon was writing and what Jesus was saying is that only a Christian can properly confess sins because they know what happens after that confession. And what is that? Oh, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll go right back to sinning. Absolutely. No, no after the confession. After the confession, well, they're uh, after the confession. They're they're uplifted. They're assured, but uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're assured. Well, by the Lord's Supper, for instance. Specifically, what is there in the Lord's Supper that assures them? Christ's own body and blood, given and shed for us for the remission of sins. Now that's the point. Is that the reason? Only a Christian can sincerely confess sins is because they know that what's coming after is the forgiveness of sins. And, That's and right. what does that mean, the forgiveness of sins? Well, 
the forgiveness of sins, actually, it's taken place already in our baptism. In our baptism, every single sin that we've ever committed or ever will commit is washed away in our baptism. When the pastor gives us holy absolution, that it's, it reminds us that, uh, that those sins have already been washed away in holy baptism. But what does forgiveness mean? Oh, it means that the, uh, uh, the guilt has taken away. We're, we're, well. No, I always say the guilt is still there. The guilt is still there, but the, the consequences. There is now, there's now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Yes, and we're talking eternally. Right. There still can be justice temporally. Oh, like yes. If you're drunk driving and you hit somebody, well, you're going to pay the cost. That's right. Or a, murderer, or a murderer may uh, repent, but he still, he still may have to bear the penalty, yes. Well, can you think of any murder that's going to be saved? Well, you know, I think of... <laughs> You know, I think I think of the hanging judge, the famous hanging judge uh, Parker down in Fort Smith, Arkansas. He used to he condemned to hanging like 79 uh 79 uh convicts in his day. But he uh-huh. always pronounced he always pronounced and may God have mercy upon your soul. Whenever yes. he read the verdict. Well, can we think of anyone who was a murderer in the Bible that's going to heaven? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, uh, King David. King yes. David, for one. Yes. And also Moses. Yes. And the apostle. Oh, the apostle? Um, I don't know. Paul? Did he yes. actually commit? He he dragged him off to prison. Uh, I, I'm uncertain as to whether he actually committed murder himself, but he did drag uh, Christian women and and uh, and men off to prison before and he was they, before he was converted. They, and they were killed there. Yes, that's right. Many of them probably were killed. Right. Yeah. So he was a murderer. Yeah. And yet he became apostle to the Gentiles. Absolutely. Who? Wow. Greatest evangelist that ever lived. So, in Solomon's book, he talks about the two ways. And the one way is the way of the world, and the other way is the way of Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the way, and while I show how you must sojourn here below, what's the way of Jesus? What's the way of Jesus? He talks about the wider hey, way, the way and the narrow way. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, wide way. The wide way is, of course, the way the way to hell. But the narrow way, he's the door. It's, he is the way himself. It's through him. Only yes. through him. Exactly. And, and so that's a very, very important point that Jesus is the door. He's the door. He's the way. The bad shepherds climb over the fence. Right. Jesus comes through the door. And he says that we need to be waiting for him at the door. What door are we waiting for Jesus? 
what door are we waiting for Jesus? The door to the door to eternal life, baptism. Where's that occurring? Uh, baptism? Hopefully, when we're infants. Where? As soon as possible. Not when. Where? At church. That's the door. Right. Jesus is the door. When you enter into the church, you are entering into Jesus. That's right. The body of Christ. How do you begin your worship service? What's the very first words you say? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You don't say anything before that? No, I don't. You don't say good morning or anything like that? Oh, I may, but I but that's that's not the the service proper. The first service proper, the first words is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we may welcome people, but but really the service proper is begins with the invocation. Or perhaps yeah. a hymn of invocation. No, I do differently. I I begin with the salutation. The Lord be with you. Those are the very first words. And then the congregation always responds, and with you also. Because now you are in a setting of worship. Uh, The good morning is fine for a secular kind of thing, but not for spirituality. So by saying the Lord be with you, you are actually using the salutation, which says to the people, that the Lord is now with them. When they pray, when they sing, it's the Lord praying and singing with them. They are together with the Lord. And so that's something I I like to mention. All righty, would you do stanza three? Okay. My heart abounds in lowliness. My soul with love is glowing. And gracious words my lips express with meekness overflowing. My heart, my mind, my strength, my all. To God I yield, on him I call. Now, who is that referring to if he calls on God? Let's see. My heart abounds in lowliness. Whose heart? Is that what the congregation is singing? Hmm. Let me see. No, I think uh, my soul with love is glowing, and my gra- and gracious words my lips express with meekness overflowing. No, I think that's Jesus. Yes, it is. Yeah, my heart very, abounds. Very, very important. In lowliness, my soul with love is glowing, and gracious words my lips express with meekness overflowing. That's got to be Jesus. And the reason it is, is do you notice what the punctuation is in front of verse 3? Well, it's a quote. Yes. And my is capitalized. Right. Well, that's capitalized because it's the beginning of the sentence. Right, right, right. Um, but that's who's really, only Jesus keeps our feet from strain. And he says, I am the way. And while I show, 
Uh, my all to God I, I yield on him I call. What's he talking about there? My all to God I yield on him I call. Let's see. My my heart, my mind, my strength, my all to God I yield on him I call. Well, he. this is Jesus talking about being completely subject to God's will. To which God? To his heavenly Father. Yes, very, very important. This is a state of humiliation, right? To a degree. Uh-huh. Because when he's on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Right. And so even in his state of exaltation... Well, actually, he's in his state. His, this, this hymn expresses him in his state of exaltation, wouldn't you say? I would say mostly. Yeah. Right, because it's talking. All right, verse 4. I teach you how to shun and flee what harms your soul's salvation, your heart from every guile to free from sin and its temptation. I am the refuge of the soul and lead you to your heavenly goal. Now that's all about Jesus, because he's leading us. And how did he lead us? Actually, doesn't he he carry us there? Yes. Well, you're now talking about the lost sheep. Right. Okay. So stanza five, please. Then let us follow Christ our Lord and take the cross appointed and firmly clinging to his word in suffering be undaunted. For those who bear the battle's strain, the crown of heavenly life obtain. That's a promise of the gospel. And we bear that cross because we're living the life of sanctification. Thanks so much, Pastor Smith, for helping me with Come Follow Me, the Savior Spake. And we'll be taking a, a look at Solomon's Proverbs tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.